You're listening to the Web Presence Rockstars Podcast with Misty Smith from Rio LLC. Thanks for tuning in. Misty Smith here. Welcome back to another episode of the Web Presence Rockstars podcast starring me, Misty Smith of Rio LLC. I hope you guys are doing well, still staying healthy. This is, today is May 11th and here in Virginia, uh, we start phase one, whatever that means, um, Friday. And I guess that means that um, salons can open and some other non-essential businesses can open. Gyms can have workouts outside. It's a whole like hullabaloo full of things. And so, you know, I'm just here still working away, um, keeping busy and trying to bring you guys some good information that you can listen to while you're getting your websites ready. This, um, Hopefully it's a busy time for you guys uh, preparing to reopen or go back to work or do, you know, whatever you need to do to prepare for the reopening. Um, I think it's going to be crazy. We have restaurants who have outdoor seating um, able to open and breweries too, which is going to be cool that you don't have to like pick up beer. You can still take it home, I think, but um, you can go and sit outside if it's a nice day. It's been kind of chilly here, though. Like, today it's, like, in the 50s. Um, I know I missed last week. Last week was super, super busy. A lot going on. It was my birthday Wednesday. I had a COVID birthday. And, yay, that was nice. I had a really, really nice time. My sister and I were able to make an appointment to go shopping at one of our favorite stores, Gypsy Palooza and Artsy June. They're owned by the same person. They're downtown Roanoke, Virginia. So if you're ever here, you need to go to those stores and tell Katie that Misty sent you. Um, <laughs> just a little plug there. I don't get any kickback from her. I pay full price <laughs> for all the clothes, but she's got awesome clothes. It's like the best, one of the best stores ever. And the RT June is kind of the same. It's just got, one's got more clothes and other has more like home decor and, and cute little knickknacks and things like that. So Anyway, my sister and I were able to go shopping there, and then we had takeout lunch, and we drank some Prosecco, and then my boyfriend, Kelly, it's the first time I mentioned him. Kelly, you are now famous on my podcast. He doesn't listen, I don't think, but anyway, his name is Kelly, and he grilled a tenderloin, a beef tenderloin for me. We had some friends over for dinner and cake and drinks. There was only six of us here, so we weren't breaking any rules. But it was a really, really great, great birthday. I was a little nervous. My birthday's always been like a total mess. But this year it was really good. And I'm really excited about my birthday. And I had a great time and great friends. So shout out to um, Kelly and Ken and Joyce and George and Laura for coming over. I really appreciate it and had a blast. But now it's full on back to work because guess what? Last week, May 4th, which was Monday, I think it was a week ago today, um, Google did a core update to their algorithms, I guess, multiple algorithms. And what does that mean for you guys? 
Well, I'm going to tell you, I've got some information, and I actually wrote it down today, what I'm going to go over, which is a change from before, but I didn't want to forget anything, and I didn't want to like go off on a tangent and get too deep into something and not get to go over all the things that I wanted to go over. So this is just going to be basic, and you know, let's just talk about SEO for a minute and how that's important to your website. Everybody knows... Well, nobody knows what SEO is. I don't really even know what SEO is. I mean, I have an idea. There's generalizations. <laughs> but people hear SEO and they're like, ooh, my page is going to be ranked number one on every page. No, that doesn't happen. It, it used to happen. The smart people at Google have put the you know kibosh on some of the little tricks and they call it black hat SEO, which is bad, bad SEO. You need to stick to white hat SEO, which I'm going to go over some basic things. But, um, you know, people were keyword stuffing and people were trying to, buck, you know, buck the system and, you know, manipulate the system. And if people are still doing that today, it's the same thing with social media. I just started with websites first with the SEO. And now it's, you know, Facebook and Instagram have kind of um, taken the lead from, websites and, and Google um, to with their algorithms as to how you're found on um, platforms or how your um, posts, your organic posts are seen. And so um, it's all about one word. When it comes right down to it, it's about one word, content. And I'm going to say it again, content. Um, Google has verified that. Facebook's verified that. Instagram's verified that. So there's, there's really no magic potion. I've talked about this before. It's content, content, content. But today, I am going to talk about some basic SEO things that are going to help your website um, to get indexed and crawled by Google and other search engines. That's going to not put you at the top of the search, because that's never going to happen unless, you know, you're searching for your business name and it comes up first because that's your, your domain. But, um, and sometimes that doesn't even happen actually, but, um, you know, just to, to get your site indexed and to make sure Google sees it the way that you want it to be seen and it's found and you've got the back end stuff on it. So I'm going to go over that, but here's, here's a little caveat and it's going to go both ways. So if you have like a Wix site or a, what is it called, a Squarespace site or Weebly or a GoDaddy website builder, um, a website that's just like a website builder, drag and drop, that it doesn't have a lot of options for you to change the back end or you don't know how to change the back end. It's, it's that little area of your dashboard that you're like, yeah, I'm not going anywhere near that. Um, you're kind of losing out unless this is automatically built in and you can fill in the space, you know, the spaces through these builders. But even if you don't know what those spaces are, you tend not to use it. So you're, you're missing out by not using or at least talking or researching with someone or something that can help you fill in those blanks. You are missing out. But in a way, I'll, after I go through all of what you're missing out on, I'm going to circle back around 
and tell you how you're not really missing out, which I know is contradictory. Well, not, okay, let, let me rephrase that. How you can limit your missing out, not as much. So I know it's kind of contradictory. I'm a website developer. You know, I, I love going into the back end. I love, you know, adding all these things that I'm about to talk about on websites. I love, like, just watching the analytics and seeing how, you know, they increase with organic searches. I, I love it. Like, getting people traffic is the best thing ever. And getting it the right way is the best thing ever. And again, it, it doesn't happen overnight. So this is something that you're going to have to have a strategy and plan for. But here's what I'm going to go over with you. So let's talk about SEO, baby. Like if I could sing that song and if it really made sense, I would. You know, the, what is it, salt and pepper? Let's talk about SEO, baby. Let's talk about your website and you. Yeah, that doesn't, yeah, no. All right, moving on. So here's some basic, basic SEO that you should have on your website. So, and these are in no particular order. It's just the way that I wrote them down on my piece of paper here in front of me. So every page on your website should have a title, a page title, and that's in the code, but it's also like if you, you're doing a WordPress website, you type it, like you type in the name of the page. And I'm pretty sure you could probably do that on, um, uh, any of those other website builders, you just type in the name of the page. Um, and home, sorry, home really, I mean, it can be the page title, but you can do like the title of your page. Like it could be the name of your website. Like it could be like, you know, Rio LLC, you know, a little space and then one of those pipe slashes that are up and down and another space and home. So this, um, and then any other page, Instead of saying about, you could be about Rio LLC, but as long as you're not keyword stuffing, but just as long as every page has a title. And that title, the title of your page, is also going to be what shows up in a search engine result. So if someone is searching for your website, this is what it's going to say, like the title. And it should be no more than 60 characters max. So that should cover, you know, even if your business is a long name or if you want to throw a couple of things in there, it should cover that. And hold on, I have to sneeze. <coughs> I sneezed into my elbow. It's not a COVID sneeze. It's an allergy sneeze because we've got tree pollen and grass pollen. And anyway, it's allergy season here. Moving right along. Um, the width of how it shows on a Google search engine result, um, yeah is about 600 pixels so whatever that means to you but if you have a really 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 long name of your business that can't fit into 60 characters and by the way the characters include your spaces and any special characters that you put so kind of keep it to less than that because anything more than that it's going to cut it off and it's not going to show your whole page title name so each page should have a title on its title page and you know, hopefully not every page is going to have the same title. All right, that's just a little tip for you. Then you have a description of what that page is about or what your site's about. So again, when you someone searches for your website on Google and it has the title, the little description underneath that 
is what um, I'm talking about here. So this is coded as well. These are called meta tags, okay? So you've got the meta title, you've got the meta description. And the description should be somewhere in between 150 to 300 characters tops. Google tends to cut it off um, around 155, 160, somewhere around in their characters. And people would have to click to read more. So the best thing is if you can't get your description of your website or your page or whatever, less than 155, 60 characters, put all the important stuff up front, all right? Because that's what's going to show first. Put that important stuff up front. Okay. So um, then header tags are next. And header tags are like h1 h2 h3 h4 h5 and h6 and that's h as in header then one two three four five six okay so every page should have one h1 tag that's like the title of your page like that as it shows like not up in the little browser i'm not talking about the name of the, the title but like if you have like a slider a hero image or something Whatever text is it that's that you want to see first, and it's either your page name or or what you deem most important about that page, should be in an H1 tag. So to kind of explain these in a very short way, I don't know. I mean, I'm really kind of old, and we wrote like term papers in high school, and we wrote like, you know papers and stuff in college and you had to follow a certain whatever that is with the abbreviations and you know the citing of the sources and all that kind of stuff but usually you had to write an outline remember the outlines so you have like a, a roman numeral capital roman numeral numeral one and then under that you had abc and then under the abc you could have just the one two threes and then it goes from like capital ABC and then a smaller like regular case one two three you understand what I'm saying I can go on and on about that but that's not what the point is that's kind of what header tags are so your h1 tag is like the main part of that section of your page so you you put the most important title in that h1 tag then the subheadings would be h2 and it goes all the way down to H3 and H4, H5, H6. And what's really great about these is that the crawlers for Google, the little Google bots or whatever they're called that crawl your site for indexing, they read that. So they can look because the the crawlers, they're just bots. They just, they don't see, they don't have eyes like we do and see what your site looks like. They see the code on the back. So they recognize the header tags, the H1 tags. They, re they recognize the meta tags. So that's what grabs their attention, and that's what helps them to index. So if you have like a million H1 tags because you like how your font looks in an H1, you're not doing yourself any favors because it's like the little crawler is like, well, what the heck is most important on this page? Don't know whole page can't be this important so yeah I don't know what to do with it and you're gonna like you know it's not it's not working for you at all so make sure each page has an h1 
in H2 at least. If you have other important parts, then you can you know, do the H3 through H6. It's up to you. It's up to your content. Okay. But they're headers. They're not, if you're using like just content, like text, use a paragraph tag, please, which is a P tag. Just please don't, don't write your normal site in like an H4 or 5. Because again, the crawlers are like, I don't know what to do with this. And then they stop crawling your site. And that's no good because all the content that you took the time to, to write out isn't going to be indexed because they don't understand. They, they're like, yeah, okay. So those are header tags. Um, very similar alt tags, and I think I've gone over this before, but alt tags go on your images. And they serve two purposes. Well, probably more than that, but two important purposes is number one, if the image is broken and you have an alt tag, when someone visually goes to your site and that image is broken, they'll see like the name of what it what was supposed to be there. So if you like have a picture of um, a dog on your website for whatever reason, you can put in the alt tag, my dog spot. And so they know that that's what that is. And it's, it's the alt tags are attached to image code like the IMG and all that kind of stuff so which don't worry about that right now just worry about whenever you add a, an image to your website that you do put an alt tag most places will allow you to put alt tags in um, with your images so when you upload an image it'll have a space for an alt tag so put an alt tag there like my dog spot or you know pretty flowers in the sunshine whatever something that describes what that picture is so on the back end, the little crawlers can see that, oh, there's a photo here. Whether or not the image is broken or the link is broken or not, they're like, oh, this is an image here of your dog spot, like this person's dog spot. So I can index that. So that's number two. That's, you know, super important on why you need alt tags. Okay, moving right along. Open graph tags, I know my very, very, very first podcast, I kind of went briefly over open graph tags, but um, they're super important too. They, um, if you ever share a link, it, it will put whatever you put in those open graph tags. So you can specify a title, a description, um, an image, um, what, what it is, if it's an article that you're posting, like a blog post. Um, there's some basic open graph tags that you can use, the link to your site. And what happens is when you share that link, like on Facebook, it will um, show the image that you specified. It will show the title and the description and the link and whatever else you put in there that people can see. So that way, if you share a link on your Facebook page or you know, even if you share it in a text or something or... Um, I don't know, another platform or whatever, it's going to pull all that information over that you don't have to write it in yourself, which is pretty cool. And the other thing that's cool is if you are sharing links to Facebook, you can go to the Facebook debugger tool and you can type in that URL and you can have the Facebook debugger tool like kind of crawl or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Analyze that URL and it'll show you what is going to be put on 
you know, when you share that link. So if you haven't specified an image, it's either not going to show an image or it's going to pull some wonky image like your logo like 500 times too big for the box that it's going to be showing it. So if you've ever seen that, that's what's happening. But these open graph tags are, are what images are shared. Or yeah, when you share a link. That makes sense, I think. So if you're on a WordPress site, I think it automatically does it with featured images. And if you have an image on the page, I think it automatically pulls that over too. But there's also SEO tools and plugins that you can use specifically for WordPress that you can designate your images and titles and descriptions and all that. Um, and also, I'm pretty sure there's an SEO section. I know there is on the Weebly for the Square um, websites. Um, Squarespace, I think, and um, let's see, what else? Wix, GoDaddy, whatever. I think there's there's areas where you can specify, and that might be areas where you're just not putting anything in because you don't know what it is. Well, now you know what it is, so yay. Okay, moving right along, um, there's an XML sitemap that you can upload using the Google um, Search Console, which is cool. And it's not like a sitemap. I know you've seen like at the bottom of pages where it's a sitemap and you click and it has a list of all the pages. I mean, that can help too, but this is specifically an, an XML sitemap that is for Google crawlers or search engine crawlers that lists um, all of your URLs on your site and um, what the content is and the crawlers can use it to, to index and know where to put what and figure out what your site's all about. So you should have one of those. I don't know if, I, I know the SEO plugin for WordPress does offer this. I don't know if it does it automatically or you have to do it manually, but you can make your own or you can hire someone to make your own. Um, but it's super important because it kind of goes back to your whole little outline that I was talking about before for your term paper. All right, then there's what's called robots.txt. It's a text file, and it instructs what to like how how those crawlers can read your site and what they index. So if you have a page that it's just a page and it's on there for a certain purpose that's not for SEO or crawling purposes or indexing purposes, you can put on this text file this robots.txt. Instructions like follow or no follow. Um, so no follow obviously means not to follow that and not to index it. So it's it can get pretty specific on what pages you want indexed and what pages you don't. Okay. Um, so moving on a little bit more. Let's see, I've done that. There's schema, which is structured markup, and you can do it for local, and it, it does help with indexing. I'm not going to get a lot into the schema because I could do a whole like podcast on schema, but it's um, you specify um, your industry and your website and your um, social media, and it helps with um, it uh, with the indexing. All these help with indexing, so I'm just not going to spend a lot of time on schema. Um, let's see. Oh, let me make sure I've gone over. Okay, yeah. So. This is really important. So pick a URL, pick any URL, and you need to decide if you want it to be www or no www as to how it pulls up. 
So if someone does put in the www and you've designated it as a non-www, it's still going to show up. But it, it's just a redirect on which one you want to choose. And that's called a canonical link. C-A-N-C-O-N-O-N-I-C-A-L, canonical link. And what that does is if you don't have a specification as to which one, either with the W's or without the W's, Google reads that as two websites. And not only do they read it as two websites, they read it as two websites with identical um, content. And that's no good for you because they're like, oh, well, this person's copying this. And it just you know blows your SEO out of the water. So specify either with the www or without the www. Either way, it will redirect if you have it in there properly. Um, also, um, make sure, I know a lot of places if, if they have, um, if they offer uh, an SSL uh, with your package, it automatically redirects to the HTTPS, but um, if not, you may have to specify that you want to go to HTTPS instead of HTTP in order for that SSL to, to work and be effective. So you can specify that. So these two things um, can be used or can be directed with what's called an HT access file. And that's like not basic, that's advanced. But if you're a developer and you have just a regular HTML site or whatever, you can upload an htaccess file that will direct um, to either the www or the no www that you specified or, or that you want and it will load to https instead of http so it has to be a, a redirect on that like a 301 redirect that means nothing to you i'm sure but if it does you know what i'm talking about so that's like super important that you have those two and I've talked about optimizing images before. Just make sure that your images that you're using, not only do they have alt tags, but make sure that they're not humongous files because that is the biggest issue with site load speed and people you know, bouncing off because your site doesn't load fast enough. And the crawlers can pick up on that too. So if they can see that your site's taking forever to load, then it's not going to help you with any type of search engine rankings at all. So those, I think, let me make sure. Um, well, every page, I'm going to throw this in here too. Every page should have your name and address and phone number and make it, you know, on where people can see it. And that's, that can be used for local SEO. And if you ever see anything referred to as NAP, N-A-P, that's name, address, and phone number obviously, or CAP for company address and phone number. So make sure every page has that information, the contact information on there, so it can be used for local SEO. Um, and that can be used, obviously, um, in conjunction with the local um, structured markup schema, which I will talk about at another time. So those are the basic things. And if you don't have those basic things on your website, um, you're probably not going to be indexed properly. And that's not helping you, and that's not helping with your rank. But let's go back to what I was saying about content. Content, content, content. Um, 
I just read somewhere where people are talking about 10 to next content or 10 times content or something. If you've ever heard that phrase, um, what that means is, is, is just to have good content on your page. Um, and 10x, 10 times, um, you look at your competitor site and look at their content and then make yours like 10 times better. That's what that is. And you will be rewarded for good content. Um, you should be rewarded for any type of content on your page. I know like sometimes it's really, really, really um, tempting just to put you know, a bunch of pictures with titles on a page or something like that, but that doesn't help you with indexing. Like Google is specifically looking for content. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you, like this is straight from Google. It's webmasters.googleblog.com. And it's from August 1st of 2019. And it's talking about these Google Core updates and what webmasters should know. And I know we're all not webmasters, but as someone who has a website, this is important for you to know. Other than what I just went over with you, this is super important for you to know. And this is straight from the Google blog. And it says, in probably an H2 or H3 title tag, it says, focus on content. And this is about every single Google Core update, like the one that happened last week. This is, this is what this is about. As explained, pages that drop after a core update don't have anything wrong to fix. This said, we understand those who do less well after a core update change may still feel they need to do something. We suggest focusing on ensuring you're offering the best content you can. That's what our algorithms seek to reward. All right, let me say that again, straight from Google. We suggest focusing on ensuring you're offering the best content you can. That's what our algor algorithms seek to reward. A starting point is to revisit the advice we've offered in the past on how to self-assess if you believe you're offering quality content. We've updated that advice with a fresh set of questions to ask yourself about content. All right. So here's a couple questions. Again, straight from Google. You can look this up, webmasters.googleblog.com, and it's called What Webmasters Should Know About Google Core Updates from Thursday, August 1st, 2019. All right. So does the content provide original information, reporting, research, or analysis? Does the content provide a substantial, complete, or comprehensive description of the topic? Does the content provide insightful analysis or interesting information that is beyond obvious? If the content draws on other sources, does it avoid simply copying or rewriting those sources and instead provide substantial additional value and originality? Does the headline and or page title provide a descriptive, helpful summary of the content? Does the headline and or page title avoid being exaggerating or shocking in nature? I know at one point there's people who would name their blog something different to catch attention, and it's really not about that. So, um, Would you expect to see this content in or referenced by a printed magazine, encyclopedia, or book? All right. From an expertise standpoint, does the content present information in a way that makes you want to trust it, such as clear sourcing, evidence of the expertise involved, background about the author or the site that publishes it, 
such as through links to an author page or a site's about page. If you research the site producing the content, would you come away with an impression that it is well-trusted or widely recognized as an authority on its topic? Is this content written by an expert or enthusiast who demonstrably knows the topic well? Is the content free from easily verified factual errors? Would you feel comfortable trusting this content for issues relating to your money or your life? All right, so see, this is all seriously going back to writing a term paper. Like, if you're writing a term paper and you've done research and you're citing those people, first of all, you give them credit. Like, I'm giving these Google people credit because I didn't write any of this stuff that I'm reading to you. They wrote it because they know. It's their product. It's Google. It's them. Um, but you're citing it, but is it from a valid source? So make sure, you know, fact checker. Is it, you know, is it true? Is it not true? Is it from some obscure person who only is the only person in the world who has the same viewpoint? If it is, it's probably not, you know, expertise. So, all right, and here's like presentation. Is the content free from spelling or stylistic issues? See, I have a major problem with spelling. I start typing in the editor and the editor, the HTML editor I use, I don't, I don't have spell check. So I don't know if these any others, I think WordPress has spell check actually, but, um, you know, I get going and I don't go back and check it. And then I, you know, people are like, hey, you have a typo in your site. I'm like, crap. But that's not good to have typos. So I need to be a little better about that. Was the content produced well or does it appear sloppy or hastily produced? Is the content mass produced by, an, by or outsourced to a large number of creators or spread across a large network of sites so that individual pages or sites don't get as much attention or care? Does the content have an excessive amount of ads that distract from or interfere with the main content. Does content display well from, from mobile devices when viewed on them? That's super, super important. Like I didn't go over in the basic SEO, I didn't go over mobile responsive because like now we're in an age where your website should automatically be mobile responsive. And I think for the most part it is, unless you're using like a super, super old WordPress theme or whatever. But that's why I didn't go over. But it is super important that it can be read, you know, from a mobile device. One thing I'm going to tell you, here's another little tip. If you are using, like, any kind of PDF form, that PDF is never going to be mobile responsive on your website ever because it's just not, it's not written that way. So if you do have a PDF form and you want to uh, duplicate that information onto your website, it's best to just make a whole new page. That way people aren't like on their little phones and they're like pinching open to zoom in and then it makes it all weird. So that that's just a little tip for you right there too. And then does the content provide substantial value when compared to other pages in search results? Does the content seem to be serving the genuine interests of the visitors to the site or does it seem to exist solely by someone attempting to guess what you might rank well in search engines. So that's another problem. Like, you know, you can title and put, like if you're doing SEO, you can put all these words in, but it may not have anything to do with what your content's about. So how many times have you been searching for something, you put in a search query in Google or whatever, and this site comes up as, as a result, and you click on it, and it has absolutely nothing to do with what you're looking for. I mean, that it's annoying. 
don't do that to your people. I mean, you're going to attract the right people if you do all these things and, and you have the right content who's going to attract your people. And that goes back to knowing who your audience is, your target audience, your customer avatar, or whatever you want to call it. But you will find the right people with the right content. I mean, this is like, if, if you want a, a silver bullet or a magic potion, content is it. Google has said it. I mean, all these other things that I mentioned to you before, that is very helpful because Google needs to be able to index your great content. But make sure that your content is like really, really good. So um, that's that's information straight from that that Google Webmaster blog. So you know I'm not making it up. I promise I'm not making it up. It's true. Um, I've seen it happen. I've seen pages with like no content and they just kind of tank. And um, I would say, you know, if you are following. You know, your Google Analytics and tracking your website traffic. I would go right now. It's been a week since that core update. I would go and see if you've had any dips in your traffic, um, because if you have, if you've had dips, just like the said, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's something wrong with your site, but it could mean that there's something wrong with your site. So you need to go and reassess the information on your website, and you know you can change it up, and. When you change up pages, when you add new pages, when you make any kind of change, this is where using the Search Console, the Google Search Console, is super, super important because you can go and you can re-index that file. You can submit it to re-index, or if it's a brand new page, you can submit it to Google for indexing. And because like you know, Google crawls your site, you know, every once in a while, nobody really knows for sure. I mean, you can look at the statistics on your search console, but you know, it might be a day or two before the little crawlers come back around to your site. And this is something really important or a blog post that you're proud of or whatever. So you can go and uh, have that indexed uh, right away. Google index it. Make sure you put it on your XML sitemap too. So you add that too to your sitemap. Um, so there was something else I was going to say about that. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, I know what it was. <laughs> Sorry. So, you know, if you follow all these, you know, basic SEO um, best practices that I told you went over, I mean, this should help you as far as content goes. Now, here's the, here's the kicker that isn't going to make sense, but it's kind of going to make sense. If you have great content and you're using a WordPress or if you're using a Wix or a GoDaddy you know, um, website builder or whatever, um, if you have really, really great content and if you have a lot of traffic to your site, um, the, the basic SEO stuff is likely not going to play a factor because if you, if you have great content, if you are, you know, unique in what you're putting out there. If you have a lot of people reading your stuff, if you have a lot of people sharing your links, if you have a lot of traffic. So you know, this is great if you're a blogger. I mean, you, you can just, you know, do a few things. I mean, you're going to have a title page on your website and you might put a description or whatever. But all this other stuff, you probably, it's probably not going to, you know, make a difference if you have super, super great content. And I know that sounds weird. And it pains me to say that. Because 
as you guys know, I'm not a big fan of these website builders because they don't give you the ability to do the things like I said because you don't know. I mean, I you know I really haven't gotten into a lot about the schema markup or you know I've told you about HT Access, but I haven't told you a lot about HT Access. I mean, there's so much more that HT Access can do with even the security of your website. Um, you know, you can you know, hide you know different things and put a layer of security on your website with HT Access. So I'm going to have a whole podcast on that at some point. But these these your drag and drop website builders don't give you the option to do that, and. <laughs> I, that's why I don't like them. But if that's what you have right now, if that's what you can afford, if that's what you're happy with, if that's what you feel comfortable with, and you have a really beautiful site with great images that have alt tags on them, you have a title page, you have descriptions for your page, you're following the header tag H1 or whatever, which on these drag and drops, it, it will say H1 or whatever. And if you're putting your content in the paragraph tags, the P tags, and you have super awesome content that people want, I think you'll probably be okay. I mean, I really do. And it all comes back around to, let's say it all together, content, content. So visual content, like a video, images, like you can even do sitemaps for your video, you can do sitemaps for your images, um, and you, you do a sitemap for your content, like your textual content. But that's that's the mo most important thing, is your content, and that people are reading it, and that it provides value, and it's not stolen from someone else. It's coming from you. It's your point of view. It's your spin on things. It's your, you know, helpfulness. It's your ideas. Um, you know, I think you're going to be good. I really do. So, what does this entail? It entails hard work. It entails consistency. It entails planning and entails strategy so are y'all sensing like a common theme on some of the things that i've been talking about yeah and you can even use all this stuff like on your website for your social media i mean that that's what it's there for and that's part of the four components that i talked about the last time how they all work together and you can use this you know with your email marketing campaigns or just your email marketing it doesn't even have to be a campaign that you're sending some information out and you're directing people back to your website. So, and you see how this all works together with the Google Analytics. I'm just being redundant right now because I am passionate about this and I feel so strongly about this and, and this is how it works. I've, I've seen it. I've seen it happen. I've, I've seen results. I've seen websites tank. I've seen websites be in the depths of hell and then all of a sudden bounce back with some great content. But again, it takes time. It's not overnight. So sit down, plan, check out your analytics, see what's happening, and start planning some great content. Um, you know, you're the expert in what you do. If you weren't the expert in what you did, then you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. <laughs> I think. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So all right, well, I've gone a little long today. Wow, this is the longest one, almost 45 minutes. Um, I hope I've kept your attention. Um, as always, send me a message. There's a, a link on this podcast where you can send a message or ask a question through um, the Anchor FM link, or you can email me 
or you can you know send me you know go to Facebook or send me a message on Facebook or on my website or whatever. I'm here to answer whatever questions that you have. I hope you found this helpful and thank you for listening today. I hope your state is opening up and I hope your business is getting back on its feet and I hope you're ready for when the like tons of people are ready to come back and and do your business or come to your website or you know, buy from you or whatever. So y'all stay safe and healthy and I will talk to you next time. Thanks. I'm gonna be the biggest rock star.